These guys know more than your favorite team's general manager. These are the Armchair Athletes, hosted by Taylor, Terrell, and Clayton. The best place to get your craving for all the top sports. Only on CMRU.ca. by students for you. Well, everybody, we're back. Season 3 of the Armchair Athletes. Um, I think we're all pretty excited to be here. Uh, I'm Terrell. Let's go. Clayton. Taylor. And... And Will, Let's our, go. our new producer, Huge getting it figured out. Yeah, you know, first take they got Shannon Sharp, undisputed, brought on Richard Sherman, but we got the biggest addition of them all. We got Will. Absolutely, great. Our to be budget here, went up. Is, we uh, had a good second season. <laughs> Richard Sherman is he out there making graphics for his show? I'm just saying, I don't think so. No, nope, definitely I don't not. think so. Definitely not. Uh, yeah, it's it's good to bring uh, some special things to the table. Uh, Specifically, that, work in this table, but does that mean better. Will retires as the all-time guest appearance? Oh, that's record true. Holder? We have to have a ceremony. Unless we have you. Truman come permanently <laughs> too. Who knows? And it might be a fight. One of them can't get sick, or else it's all. It's true. It's over. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. Do we want to just jump right in then? I think we might as well. Hey. Yeah. Mm. Let's go with the NFL. It's kind of what's leading the headlines lately. With all the other leagues kind of still, one's dwindling down the playoffs so these last couple weeks MLB are like yeah not as insane until the last couple weeks where it's like wild card finishing yeah so I think NFL is kind of the big ticket right now absolutely I think the first thing we should do is cover our uh, locks underdogs and game of the week from week one because obviously we didn't get to do a show last week Um, I can start with mine my first lock was a fantastic pick I must say I had the Seahawks over the Rams Um, clearly that went according to plan uh, Seahawks obviously won that game by a huge amount. Um, <laughs> no, Seahawks lost, and it stinks. Matthew Stafford looked really good. Um, I really did not have a lot of faith in the Rams or Stafford at all. I thought Stafford's arm was kind of cooked, and with uh, Cooper Cup out, I had no faith in that receiving core, and then we got obliterated by Puka Nakua. So it is what it is. Um, my underdog, though, had the Dolphins over the Chargers, and that was a fantastic game in which I was correct in my pick. Probably the best game you've seen from Tua, I think, of his career to this point. He had some fantastic throws, and that Dolphins offense looked really good. Uh, and then the game of the week, I wanted to pick Jets and Bills, but, you know, I didn't want to copy Clayton. So, like the genius I am, I picked uh, Giants and Cowboys. Um, if you're a Cowboys fan, it probably was game of the week for you. You looked great out there. If you're a Giants fan, I uh, Bet you wish the game never happened because 40 to nothing is not a great look on the score sheet. Danny Dimes was not throwing a lot of dimes out there. Yeah, those are all my picks week one. Yeah, I'll go with my week one picks. Uh, both of my uh, my lock and my upset both ended up winning as I had the Ravens over the Texans. That wasn't much of a game. <laughs> it really wasn't. Not very exciting. Uh, Lions over the Chiefs. That was a very close game. game. It was as close as it could be. It was one point. Um, and yeah, the Lions ended up pulling it out and, uh, yeah, I thought the Lions looked pretty good in that game. I, the offense, it looked all right. I didn't think that they were all that exciting, but I think as they get Jameer Gibbs kind of more into the fold over the next few weeks and he settles in there, I think the off that, uh, Jameer Gibbs was pretty exciting. The few plays that he actually played in that game, uh, had a couple of, uh, explosive plays. And uh, the Chiefs probably could have won that game if they had Travis Kelsey. And, yeah, Chris Jones. And Chris Jones as well, I guess, yeah. Uh, (laughs) 
And uh, I just wanted to make a quick comment as well. Um, I believe some people were saying that that game had an asterisk on it. For the Lions? For the Lions winning. And I just want to say this right now. There is no such thing as an asterisk in regards to injuries because it happens all the time. So, I mean, that's as legitimate of a win as any. So You're playing the team that's in front of you. You don't get to make the choice. Yeah, you could put an asterisk on any win of any week. Absolutely. And uh, my game of the week, Bills and Jets. I'd say that went over pretty well based on the ending of that game. Definitely exciting. The fourth quarter and uh, overtime, I guess, was very exciting. Kind of first couple quarters was a bit eh, not the greatest football, but a lot of that had to do with Aaron Rodgers' injury. Uh, at the start of the game, which I'm sure we'll get into as we go on. So now to this week's picks, I guess I'll start it off since I'm already talking. My lock for this week, 49ers over the Rams. 49ers, Taylor, I'm sure you got a good look at them on <laughs> oh, the weekend. Yeah, that was a rough start of the season, boys. <laughs> they, hey, we scored seven points and didn't lose 49. So there's always a, <laughs> That's true. Yeah. There's better always than the Giants. Bonus. Yeah, there's always a bonus there. Now, I don't know. the they're, Them and Dallas are going to be the... The, the defensive juggernauts yeah. on the season. I think they both have their areas on offense where you never know, but um, I think Brandon Ayuk looked really good. Yes. I feel like 90% of fantasy owners that had him on their team did not start him last week because <laughs> I had him the year before, and he was diabolically bad. He Yeah, every once in a while I'd have a catch and a touchdown, and he'd score some points, but yeah, he, overall. For the most part, he, this is his best game of his career he's had so far. Well, I have CMC in my one pool, and he balled out go. this week. Hey, so. listen, he scored that touchdown because Ayuk was blocking for him downfield. Exactly. So Got to so. give him a thank you for that. Yeah, I, I think those two teams are kind of like the juggernauts for the season, to be honest with you. Yeah. My upset, Taylor, you'll like this one. I have the Steelers over the Browns. Mm-hmm. Um, I know as dominant as the Browns looked, but that was kind of weird circumstances. It was pouring rain yes. in Cleveland as they beat Cincinnati. I believe the final score was 24-3. to yeah. And I have the Steelers bouncing back this week. I think it's going to be a defensive game, a uh, battle between two pretty good defenses on either side of the ball. And I have the Steelers pulling it out on Monday Night Football, I believe. Yeah, is. second game of Monday Night Football. Are you so. worried about uh, injuries for the Steelers, Clayton? Because I know Deontay Johnson is out. Yeah. yeah. And Fryermuth is questionable, I believe. Yeah, Two. Fryermuth is questionable. Yeah, so we've got a couple of offensive weapons there out of the lineup. But Big Pickens game. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's Pick hope. Pickens. Because yeah. he's gone in a couple weeks. He seemed like he was a bit frustrated after the last game. Well, yeah, what was he saying on the sideline there? Yeah, he's like, I like this place, but this is not it. That's what he said. I was like, mm. Not what you want to hear from a guy that's played like um, four months for your team. Yeah. Not at all. Uh, I'll get to my game of the week here. Yeah. Bengals versus Ravens. Uh, these two teams uh, are, I think, going to be battling for the AFC North all year. And I believe that this is kind of where it begins. It's going to be a pivotal matchup between those two teams already early on in the season. And both were looking like not only playoff favorites, but Super Bowl favorites heading into the season. Yes. So. I expect a good game there out of those two. Um, I can get into mine. The uh, first thing I have here, I have a lock, uh, Eagles over Vikings. One of the points I had last week when we didn't get to do the show is I thought the Vikings were going to be one of the most disappointing teams uh, in the NFL. And losing to the Buccaneers, led by Baker Mayfield week one, really kind of plays into that. They did not look great. Um, Eagles also didn't look like they were some super dominant team. To be fair, it's the Patriots and Bill Belichick always runs out some sort of weird defense that just gives teams the fits. 
So I don't really blame them. They won the game. That's all that matters. So yeah, Eagles over Vikings for a lock. My underdog and game of the week are the same. Uh, I have my underdog is Jaguars over the Chiefs. And then obviously game of the week is uh, the Chiefs at Jaguars. Now the reason I have that as game of the week is I'm excited to see the Chiefs because now Chris Jones is coming back. He signed a deal uh, and will be playing. And Travis Kelsey, I believe, is also, I think he's ready for week two. I was watching part of his podcast, just getting some insights to see how to, yeah. you know. Um, and he was talking about how he felt much better since okay. the week before. So whether that means he's ready to play and not is obviously different, but he seemed quite confident, so I'm thinking he's probably going to play. So, yeah, so that's really what I, I want to see. I want to see the Chiefs set uh, full power versus a Jaguars team that I think is really can make some noise in the AFC. Um, I love the addition of Calvin Ridley. He looked fantastic. Um yeah, they just looked really good out there. Uh, I don't know if you guys want to get into your locks. Will, maybe? Yeah. Uh, so I have a couple locks that are or picks that are the same as okay. you guys this week. Game of the week, I have Bengals-Ravens. I don't know. I think I think that'll be a great matchup. Uh, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, both kind of had, I don't know, down weeks maybe to start, especially Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Holy cow. That was bad. It's a bad weather game, though. Yeah. That was, yeah. Although, I wouldn't say Cincinnati is a nice, fair-weathered place. They should no. kind of understand. No. They should kind of know how to yeah. play. <laughs> week one takeaway from... Especially when it comes to, like, October playoff yeah. time. It's cold and wet there a week lot. Week one Cincinnati takeaway is you got to build a dome there as fast as you possibly can. Honestly. No Which more they've always, games. in the past couple of years since they've been good again, they've done well in cold and yeah. wet when conditions. So it was a bit bills, interesting yeah. to see. But, oh, well. They also started off slow last year. That's true. Same thing. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not worried about a week one loss Absolutely yeah, to the Browns. Mm-hmm. Uh, my upset of the week, Seahawks over the Lions. Let's go. Yeah, I, I respect you. it. Um, that's, that's bold, though. I don't know. I like it. I like the Seahawks receiver room. They yeah. they are good. I feel like I wish Jad Jad and Jigba had a bit more. JSN, yeah. yeah. He had a bit more um, involvement in the game. I think that'll come, though. I mean, yeah. you already have same thing we kind of brought up about Gibbs, Gibbs earlier. Yeah, Kenneth Walker. I think he's got to step up too. I mean, it's all play. Like, it's not like a basketball where it's like, okay, it's mostly the ball's in your hand a lot. If the coach isn't calling your number on yeah. the offense, you're not going to make an impact. So it could always be Pete Carroll as well or the offensive coordinator. But. I will say, um, if there was one bright spot in Week One. Maybe for the Seahawks, I thought it might have been actually Ken Walker. I thought he looked pretty good. Mm. Um, was breaking lots of tackles. Was looking like beast mode out there on the field. So High praise. Uh, he yeah. is. I honestly think he's the second coming of Marshawn Lynch. He is very good. I don't know if they don't run the same really, but yeah, just in terms of. Although I am kind of a biased Michigan State. Yeah, that's fan, true. But I still think he's definitely one of the best running backs in the league. He will be one of the best running backs in the league. There's a couple other ones that I like, but that's another story. Yeah. Will? Uh, my lock for this week is Niners over Rams, and I'm not going to elaborate. No, that's <laughs> pretty fair. Yeah, that's that's kind of a um, – I tried to pick differently just to make it a little different. I picked uh, – my lock is Colts over Texans just because it's the Texans. Although, on paper, this is one of the better Texans teams we've had in a while. Um, obviously, players to prove them. Like, there's a couple of decent additions they made in the offseason. Obviously, there's – players that need to prove themselves but i still think anthony richardson looked actually quite good for his first game better than stroud did um 
so I kind of think that, and he's got he's got a good, solid team around him. Their defense is quite good, so I honestly think that uh, that's kind of a lock for me. I don't think the Colts are going to be that bad this year. Like they might not be. I don't think they're going to be any whatsoever contenders, but I don't think yeah. they'll have as shambolic of a season as last year. Yeah. And if they can get that stride going, where if Jonathan Taylor does come back and he does play in four weeks, that'll only help them. Yeah. So I think that's a pretty easy one. Uh, upset. Um, shout out to Jaden who's listening because he's a huge Broncos fan, but the Commanders are going to beat the Broncos. Yeah. I only, only, I'm not, it's not a very enticing game for me. I just think the Broncos didn't look terrible in the last game. They just don't score many points. They don't let up many points. They're always in the top five in points against, points allowed against, allowed, yeah. or whatever, least, most, whatever, however you say that. They got um, a good defense. That's they got a good defense. They, la- they allow very few points as a defense. Yes. But they also, offensively last year especially, don't score a lot of points. So I feel like if Sam Howell can can charge his team down the field and get a couple mistakes from that Broncos defense, I don't I don't see it being a, a bad shout to see them winning. Yeah. So, yeah. And then my game of the week, I couldn't really think of another one. I think the Chiefs-Jaguars is going to be a really good yep. game. I was going to pick... Um, Vikings and Eagles Eagles tonight, but... Um, I think that's going to be a blowout. I think so, too. Yeah, you never know. Like, I, I, It could be good. Those games are always decently well contested, but I think this year yeah, it's a little bit of a, I a, think a, a difference in talent. The Yes. The problem with the Vikings is their secondary kind of stinks. Hmm. Um, I, I know they have Andrew Booth in their cornerback room. I don't know any other Minnesota corners. Well, Patrick Peterson was there. Now he's on the Steelers. Yes, sir. Um, he actually didn't play too bad for the Steelers the other day. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just their secondary isn't that good. No. Um, and that's going to be a tough matchup with, against the Eagles yes, who have Devontae, Devontae Smith, Smith and A.J. Brown. Brown. Yeah. Although Justin Jefferson did look very, very, very good in his first week. Not he surprising. He did, yeah. but he didn't get the ball much in the second half. No. If you can, if you can shut down uh, Jefferson, really the only other option they have is Hawkinson. Hawkinson. Who could um, have a crazy game? I put him yeah. on my starting line for fantasy because I, I guess, know that they're going to be double covering him all yeah. night. So I'm like, he's going to be a fantasy. I guess I didn't watch that game, the Buccaneers Vikings, just because I didn't think it was going to be that good. Um, they have Jordan Addison now, I guess. Yeah, he's quite good. I he looks quite good. Okay, I didn't get to watch him at all. So he's, I don't know. he's just another like fast slot receiver okay. kind of thing, like very Jerry Judy that kind of style of player, just fast, short, quick, basically a running back that can catch. I, yeah, I knew he was. I knew he was pretty good coming out of the draft. Obviously, when the first it's round. like what like like you know how like Jalen Hyatt's supposed to be the next big thing because he's so fast. Yeah, but I mean, okay, so versus the Buccaneers, four yards or four receptions, sixty yards, and a touchdown. Solid week, for, solid especially week for rookie for week rookie, one. Yeah, that's definitely so. Yeah, I didn't get to watch him, but obviously that's another uh, receiving option. He that the Vikings seems have. like they're going to be. He's going to be their number three guy behind Hawkinson, number two receiver kind of thing. So we'll see. Would not be bad. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I feel like the Eagles are probably going to stomp on the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Um, with There's a few other things I think you could look at for a game of the week, just in terms of kind of narratives. You mentioned uh, Colts at Texans. Um, I think it's just going to be kind of exciting to watch the two rookie quarterbacks mm-hmm. battle it out. Um, also, Jets at Cowboys could potentially be good. It would have been much more exciting if, obviously, Aaron Rodgers oh, was yeah, healthy. Would, that would have been my pick for a game of the yes, week if he was there. But Absolutely. Um, Although, to give... 
Wilson, Zach Wilson, a bit of a break. He didn't look actually that bad coming in. He didn't look ter- He didn't look as bad. We've clowned on Zach Wilson a lot. He's yeah. looked worse. Comeback. And knowing our curse watch, he's going to just go nuts this year. Now. Comeback yeah. player of the year. Yeah, he's going to just be a genius. Totally. Smith I can't think year. of one player that would get comeback <laughs> player of the year over Zach Wilson. Yeah. Um, <laughs> another one I'm looking at here. Uh, Dolphins at Patriots. I feel like just the matchup of that Dolphins offense versus the Patriots defense uh, will be really interesting to watch. Those games, and Will, I know, watches quite a bit of the Patriots. That's his team. Yeah. So um, those games are usually pretty close between the Dolphins and Patriots, even. I think going back to last season, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, Will. Oh, they're always good matchups. I mean, even like the teams, we've just been swapping players this Mm offseason, I feel like. I mean, we got Gasecki, Trey Flowers. Okay, yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Is that Seahawks legend? Yeah, I was about to say. (laughs) Yeah, Um, no, it'll be a good game. And I think the Patriots put up a really good fight in the second half of the Eagles game last week. Yeah. First half was a little bit uh, hard to watch, but but finished really strong. Like I said, Belichick, it doesn't really matter what kind of talent he has out there. He always manages to put together some really good defense. Um, yeah, and I have faith to for him to continue doing that, so we just got to see how they match up against the Dolphins. <clears throat> Do we want to move on to kind of like our, I guess, early season playoff predictions that we made last week? I, I think didn't, we might as well. So I didn't edit these from last I week. I was, yeah, preparing. I'm staying consistent Made here. these before week one. So from the NFC, these are my division winners. I have Niners, Eagles, Lions, and I had the Saints. Um, I will say Atlanta, I thought, looked pretty good yes. this week. They have a good running back room. Yeah. They do. They have Algier a and Bijan are very good. And Cordero. And Cordero, who's coming yeah. back this week You're as right. well. Who's, and then, what do they call him? Swiss, not Swiss Army. They called him like a – there was some word that they put on their playbook for him. Joker. Joker. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. yeah. And so then my wild cards from the NFC, I have Cowboys, Seahawks, Vikings. And I think the Vikings one may not end up happening yeah. af- after watching week one. There's still so many weeks left, though. Who knows? Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm... Like, I honestly thought the Jets were a very big contender for the Super Bowl, and look what happened. Well, to be stage. fair, when your starting quarterback goes out... Yeah, exactly. Bit of a so it can happen completely. Like, that is true. Any of these star players can get injured so quickly, and then yeah. it's just kind of a season that's over. My AFC, I have the Chiefs, Bills, Ravens, I have winning the division. And I have the Jaguars, and then my wild cards are Bengals, Jets, and Dolphins. Okay. And then my Super Bowl pick, again, made this last week before the Monday night game. Uh, I had Bills over Eagles. Bills uh, to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I do have them bouncing back this year, and I think over time, I think those playoff losses do kind of almost build character too. <laughs> and I see them. Yeah, I can see them pulling I off this year. I will say Josh Allen didn't look very good. Though. Well, that's like he it's a Josh didn't. Allen type game. I mean, he'll have a couple stinkers every once in a while. Yeah, that's true. Especially when it's like a close game. I feel like he has to play hero ball kind of. Yeah, so which then he is makes, not needed. No, I find. he does too much. He does it. Yeah, it's on his own. It's of his own accord that he tries to play hero ball. Yeah. and then, yeah, ends up making some yeah. kind of boneheaded mistakes. Mm-hmm. And Bills kept a lot of their roster from last year. Yeah, true. And uh, I think actually I like James Cook at the running back position better than I believe it was Singletary was the guy yes. there last year. He's in Houston now, and they had Hines, but he went but, to the Colts. Well, well, he got he was from the Colts. He tore his ACL in the offseason. It was like some freak accident. Hines got injured. Yeah, but. Um, Oh, they got him from the Colts. Yes. You're right. Yeah. So I like I like James Cook there better than Singletary. So. Um, so my picks, I had 
uh, NFC, the division leaders are pretty similar other than the NFC South because they're kind of garbage. <laughs> um, I have Eagles, Niners, uh, Lions, and then the Falcons. So I picked the Falcons week one just because I had a lot of faith in that running game. It was really good last year, and then obviously you add a talent like Bijan Robinson. It's only going to get better. Um, and then my wild card teams, I have Cowboys as well, Seahawks as well, but then I have the Saints just because you're playing other NFC South teams who aren't going to be that good. Your record's probably going to get a little bit inflated. Um, strength of schedule really does affect uh, your odds, and I think it's a big factor that really isn't looked to as much as just strength of the roster of the teams. Um, I was going to bring up um, just quickly here. We can have a little discussion about them, yeah. but the Packers, we neither of us have uh, had them. That in is these. true. After week one, do we think that maybe they're they might end up sneaking in this year? I think they could. Um, I had a pretty good amount of faith in Jordan Love heading into the season. Um, it's just I they had their receiver room is kind of not the greatest and their no. tight ends aren't the greatest so not a lot of weapons in green bay but i mean jordan love was out there he looked uh good put up some good yards and three touchdowns i believe um I so the defense and i was gonna say their defense looked very good although to be fair it was the chicago bears <laughs> and green bay does own the bears so i think you said they could go two and 15 and both of their yeah. be against <laughs> chicago um but yeah i think Green Bay definitely could be a winner over the Lions, although I think I, even after week one, I still would stick with the Lions. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, NFC wild cards. I have Cowboys, Seahawks, and then the Saints, like I said. Uh, AFC, I have Chiefs, the Jets, not looking so great right now, uh, Jaguars, Bengals, and then my wild card teams, I have the Bills, Ravens, and the Dolphins. Um, my Super Bowl pick, I have the Jaguars versus the Eagles, and I have the uh, Eagles winning. So I really like the Jaguars a lot. Uh, and I guess we're going to see how they come up against, the, obviously, the defending champions and the Chiefs this week. Uh, it'll be a good test for them after the Colts last week, which isn't really the greatest team. Um, so I guess I'll get to see how good my Super Bowl prediction looks. Uh, but, yeah, Jags versus Eagles and Eagles win. I just think the Eagles are too complete of a team for really anyone else to compete with. Obviously, the Chiefs did last year, and I expect them – the Chiefs to be able to do that again, but yeah, I'm just hoping the Jaguars make it this year because they're a really fun team to watch. Um, now I have my awards predictions here. I don't know if you guys have had any thought put into it. Um, I can go through mine quickly, and I feel like a lot of them are going to be pretty much consensus. Obviously, MVP you have Mahomes. It's hard to pick anyone else at this point, outside of like voter fatigue. Uh, if they just don't want to give it to him again, I feel like he's pretty much a runaway to win it every year. Um, offensive player of the year, I have Jamar Chase. Just that Bengals offense is so good, and obviously they didn't look good, but that's just pouring rain, and the Bengals or the Browns defensive line was fantastic. Miles um, Garrett, defensive player of the year. Now I that have, one looks good after uh, last week. I, I have I have one that I think I would pick over Miles Garrett. TJ Watt, Michael Mike Parsons. Michael Parsons is another guy. I, was I think about. he was absolutely unbelievable in that first game. Yes, he was, obviously yeah. it's against the Giants, and yeah. But he is very, very good. I absolutely. I think it's I, that mix, like TJ yes. Watt, Bosa. Yeah, it's those the, four. Those that four are guys. Kind of it's going to be one of those four. Yes, unless injury happens. Yeah, basically. Um, but yeah, I had Miles Garrett, and he looked fantastic mm-hmm. uh, against the Bengals. Albeit, you know, Bengals offensive line, it's not the greatest. No. Uh, offensive rookie of the year. This one was kind of a another one that I felt pretty confident in picking is Bijan Robinson. Again, very talented uh, rushing offense at Atlanta, and you're adding a 
great running back in Bijan is kind of a recipe for success. And my philosophy for defensive rookie of the year is kind of the same. You have a very good defense in Philadelphia, and you're plugging in a talent like Jalen Carter. I think that'll only mean good things. So I have uh, Jalen Carter for my defensive rookie of the year. And then I know I'm joking about comeback player of the year and Zach Wilson. Obviously, I feel like even the fact that he is on a team right now, DeMar Hamlin is pretty much a lock to win comeback player of the year. I mean, he almost died on a football field, like, last yeah. season. He's supposed to come back. I don't know he what's – he, he has an injury or he's just getting healthy scratched right now? Um, I said think he was inactive the other yes. night. So. Yeah. So uh, just, well, I know they had they loaded up. Bill, the Bills loaded up their secondary, I think, yeah. just in case DeMar Hamlin wouldn't play again because they got um, – well, they got White back. They got all, a lot of those guys that were injured at the end of the year last yeah. year that came back. So their secondary looks really good. Um, but um, I heard that he might start coming back on special teams to start and then might move back into the defense. But I'm not totally sure. That wouldn't shock me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So as much as he says he's healthy and he looks healthy and all the tests are healthy, as a coach, you don't want it's to. It's a big risk. It's yeah. still scary to yes. think about, no matter how many doctors have told you that it's fine. Yeah. So, yeah, those are my awards picks. I feel like a lot of them are pretty. Uh, obviously, There's you have very few that other options for Offensive Player of the Year. You have, mm-hmm. I'd say, Tyreek is up there. I'd say mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson's up there. Mm-hmm. I just think Tyreek is probably the guy that would be closest to Jamar Chase for me. I just think uh, with how good that Cincinnati offense will likely be, obviously week one didn't look great, but I think they're going to improve, and he's the number one receiving option and the best wide receiving trio we've seen in a long time. So, uh, yeah, that's my picks. Um, I've rambled for a while. We got some points here we can get into. Clayton, I think you have the first one on here. Yeah, so uh, basically when I made those standings, I wrote down this point. I wanted to put Seattle as my pick for the NFC West, but I just couldn't. And the reason why is because I think San Francisco is so good, and I think you've seen that in week one. Um, Now, if Seattle does get back on track, I think there is a chance that they could end up stealing the NFC West. Um, I was very excited heading into this year. I thought the defense only got better with the new additions. And I thought Bobby Wagner still looked good in week one. Obviously, I didn't think the secondary was all that strong. Um, Stafford kind of had his way and was, yeah. We mentioned Puka Nakua had over 100 yards in his debut. Tutu Atwell also had a pretty big game. And uh, I believe it was Kyron Williams, the running back, had two touchdowns in that game as well. So, yeah, and then moving on here, um, I think I want to bring up this point as well. We had a scorigami in week one, the Ravens uh, in their win. It's the first ever time in NFL history that a score of 25 to 9 has been recorded. Me and Terrell, I think. It still kind of blows my mind that that can still happen. Right? It's like 25 to 9 specifically is a pretty crazy one to me because, like, as the scores get higher and higher, it's way more understandable because obviously teams don't score – like, what was the one last year between the Seahawks and the Lions? I can't remember what the final score was, but it was another scoregami. Yeah. And it was just because both teams scored so high um, that obviously it had never happened before. But, yeah, 25 to 9 seems like it could be pretty Quite doable. Viable. Yeah. yeah. So that was kind of a surprising one for me. Do we want to bring up the Caleb Williams tank? Um, I mean, the Cardinals didn't look as bad as I thought they would. That's one thing. But, yeah, I mean – you watch Caleb Williams. Uh, he looks fantastic, like generational prospects. Slam dunk, number one pick, I think. The real question is, like I have it down here, if the Cardinals do end up getting that number one overall pick, which I think they still kind of are the favorites to, 
do they select Caleb Williams at number one and then likely try to trade uh, Kyler Murray? Or do they trade out of the pick and get whatever kind of stupid haul you'd get for Caleb Williams, keep Kyler, and then just use that to build uh, the rest of the roster? I think you got to take Caleb Williams, and I say that because I think if Caleb Williams reaches his ceiling, he's going to be a better player than Kyler Murray. Yeah. And so then I think you trade Kyler to another team. and You'll still get a good haul for him, I think. Yeah, I do too. And so, yeah, I would take Caleb Williams. And the other point we have here is Caleb Williams has kind of hinted at he's not a for sure to go into the into NFL the draft. draft. Yeah. So it's a matter of will Caleb Williams want to play for the yes. Cardinals as well. I think the, the it's like the quote was, if the situation isn't good, then he doesn't want to enter the draft. Yeah. Mm. And I feel like that's kind of... <laughs> Pointed directly at the Cardinals because they've been a bit of a dumpster fire. Um, yeah. My take on it is the Cardinals are just so bad everywhere that really the one spot that they are good is Kyler. However, with Kyler being injured, you never know how a guy like that's going to return, especially from an injury like an ACL. Um, so I'm kind of between the two. However, I think I probably would take Caleb Williams uh, and just see whatever haul you could get for Kyler. I mean... Teams are looking for quarterbacks midway point through the season. I say you don't play Kyler at all. You leave his status like kind of up in the air. You don't want to play him and get injured again or have him play and look poorly. Uh, yeah, you just trade him and see the biggest package you can get and pick Cale Williams number one and try and build the team from there as best as you can. Shadur Sanders too. Yeah, I mean that's true if you trade back, I guess. I think if they make the college football playoffs, he's going to skyrocket in his draft. Yeah, they went one in like twenty two last year, Colorado. Obviously, they made like eighty transfers, but they are looking very good. They are. Travis Hunter is going to be up there too. Yeah, because no matter what position you pick him for, he'll be good at it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just there's a couple other guys. I'm not going to say that Caleb Williams is not better than Shadur. Yeah, stats wise, not yet. I stat wise, Shadur has been going off. He's got, but you also got to think strength of schedule as well, which is a big thing in college football. Yes. Um. But when it comes down to the wire at the end of the season, I would like to see what happens. Yes. Because Colorado is in the Pac-12. I, I'm so bad I'm with college football. I'm not as familiar I think with college they are. football either. And so I think they're in the same division as USC. So then it's really not that much different than a, a strength of schedule. Yeah. Um, I mean, Caleb Williams is just like such a phenomenal talent. Yeah. I yeah, who, who I think he's going to go number 1, but they're yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. If so, he holds out, does the Cardinals try and trade away their pick? I think if he just says that he's holding out, then that pick immediately loses so much value that it probably oh. wouldn't even be worth it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Then um, you're just picking Travis Hunter. Yeah. Whoever. Yeah, I just think if that's the case, then yeah, you might as well trade out regardless just cuz mm-hmm. you have so many other holes to fill. And Kyler or, or you trade Kyler hoping for next year's first round pick. I, don't I think just like kicking the can down the road is if Caleb Williams is like, I don't want to play for you, then it's and then the next it. season you do it again, it's like... There's yeah. also that Drake May guy. He's looked Carolina. solid too, yes. That's another um, one. Quinn so, Ewers also looks very Quinn good. Euros. So there's four or five decent quarterbacks this year. Obviously, Caleb Williams is the high-end one. It's it's also just tough to talk about the NFL draft or the college draft like this Early this on. early in the season. Yeah, because you tough. never know. Caleb yes. Williams could be awful from here on out. We have no idea. I but would bet against that. I'm going to be honest with you. I would bet against it, too, but and you never know. It's true. For um, this Cardinals team, it's not too early to be talking about the draft, though. That is true. That's very anybody true. anybody that like watches the Josh NFL Dobbs is their quarterback. Like, yeah. they, they're looking ahead. 
Yeah. There's no way they're not. That's true. I guess if yeah, if you're a Cardinals fan, that's really the only thing. There's you're probably no way. Looking forward any, to this every fan is looking ahead, and you're, there's no way there's not one personnel in that in that team and that organization that's not like okay, we gotta like kind of think. Although about with think. Arizona, there is a very real chance that no one is looking at the draft at this point. <laughs> they're just they're such a dumpster fire. It's really yeah. crazy the kind of fall off that they've had recently, but mm-hmm. we kind of dunked on them a little too much. Uh, <laughs> worst team in the AFC. Well, I guess this doesn't help their case here. <laughs> I have down here worst team in the AFC and NFC. Um, that was tough, although my selections probably wouldn't change that much after week one. I probably still would have went with uh, Houston Texans and the Arizona Cardinals. Um, obviously, Houston, their roster isn't anything special, and then you have a rookie quarterback coming in. I kind of feel bad for C.J. Stroud just because having success as a rookie is, I think, highly based on having good weapons to throw to. Yeah. And they just don't have that in Houston. Obviously, Damian Pierce is very good, but you're just looking for receivers. I kind of wish they would have kept Brandon Cooks just so he had someone uh, to throw to, but he didn't want to be there, so it is what it is. And then, obviously, like we've just said with the Cardinals, they're not looking like a great team, so... Where do we want to move to from here? We've got some point. We've went over a lot of these points here. <laughs> as well. say, we've gone through a lot of the football stuff. Um, I can. Uh, do we want to bring up the Jets quarterback situation? I know we've talked about it briefly, but uh, kind of uh, the question here is where do the Jets go from here? Do you pick up a free agent? I know Kaepernick reached out to the Jets. Um, the issue there being, I guess, he hasn't played in the NFL in seven years whether um it's right or wrong that's it's it's a yeah. it's a gamble to take a chance on a guy who hasn't played in seven and years especially considering he didn't look fantastic when he went out of the league it's yeah you're right it is a big gamble however if you're the Jets, you're kind of looking for a gamble and at quarterback free agency in the middle of the season there really aren't a lot of solid options out there the number one idea that i've seen floated is carson wentz just because he's kind of like the number one guy that's out there right now um there's, it's just so hard to try and pick somebody because maybe Zach Wilson is the best option just because he knows the playbook. He's been there for a little bit. You don't have to try and introduce someone midseason uh, to the offense. However, that'd be, that'd be such an LOL if Tom Brady went back. That's what I was just going to say. Oh, sorry. Tom Brady has the opportunity to do the funniest thing ever. There, there's no way he's not bored at home. There's no way. I, I'm just like, I refuse to believe that he will come back, but it would be really funny if he did. Um, I don't know, Will. You're a big Patriots fan. Do you have anything to say about? Would he be allowed to though? Because he's part owner of the Raiders now. Oh, that's true. Yeah, Lebron. Lebron. Oh yeah, it has. If you're an owner and yeah, that's true. I guess he better not come back. You can't. (laughs) You can't bait the fans three times. Yeah, at that point, it's like okay, man. Like just don't retire. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I just (laughs) the little boy who called out retirement. Yes. Oh my god. We can only hope, though. Um, yeah, I just the Jets is just such a terrible situation. Obviously, maybe you would have liked to see him pick somebody up in the draft in the off season. You know, just you're <laughs> going into the season with a almost forty, almost forty year old uh, starting quarterback, and it's a bit of a risky move. Obviously, it worked for Tampa Bay, and I think that's kind of the comparison that everyone made in the off season was, you know, it worked for Tampa Bay. They had great offense or great defense, great weapons. They were just missing a quarterback. You plug Tom Brady in, works perfectly. That was, I think, what everyone expected to happen with the Jets this year. And as we saw, it just didn't work out that way. Um, me, personally, I think they just stick with Wilson. Um, 
as much as I think they, they really don't want to. It's just to try and introduce a new uh, quarterback into the offense in the middle of the season. I should say stick with Wilson as a starter. I think obviously they have to pick someone up to try and back him up. Um, but, yeah, just trying to introduce somebody, plug him in in the middle of the season. I don't know how well that will work I don't work know. If you him. get a veteran quarterback, they're usually quite good. Yeah, but how many veterans out there would you be confident in? Hang I mean, on. Matt Ryan, I don't think, has retired. I want to. Matt Ryan's. Gee. But he's bad. But he was on CBS the other day. That's he is he is on CBS, but he has not officially retired. Oh. Yeah, you so, can you can get a contract right and just be on TV. Like I was gonna ask, did you guys see that RG three was hinting at he might want to play again? I also saw Colin Kaepernick's was, agent. Uh, did you see that yeah. clip? Yeah, I saw him plugging himself for the job. Yeah, so RG three brought up because he's a panelist on one of the networks, networks now. Yeah. Um, I how he, I want to say he's College Game Day. I don't think he's NFL. No, he is, is NFL. He I think. Oh, okay. Because they brought up the quarterback situation with the Jets and he mentioned how um, it's not that guys like him, Kaepernick um, Cam Newton, Carson Wentz can't play, it's that he said they are viewed as a distraction Mm. to the uh, Yeah, like people like Cam Newton still blows my mind that he just went down so quick The issue is though, is if you have Cam Newton so say, say that the Jets have Cam Newton as backup and Zach Wilson goes out and plays a bad game you're, yeah, people are automatically. People are like, automatically, and that's kind of what RG three was hinting at, and it's not really fair to those guys, like the Cam Newton, Wentz, and those guys. But it's um, that's kind of it's ultimately, I guess, a reality amongst uh, yes. managers. So the the comparison I think there is when you have uh, you draft a rookie, and you have some sort of like weirdo bridge veteran kind of guy that starts the season so you can bring the rookie in later yeah and time and time again that guy has like one or two bad games and then immediately the fan base is calling for you to start the rookie happened with mitch trubitsky he had a couple bad games baker baker too yep there's just there's lots of there's lots of examples of it happening and uh i feel like no matter who you bring in um it's going to be the same thing Mm -hmm. i'm looking at a list of top free quarterbacks matt ryan is number two colt mccoy which i kind of forgot he was cut by the cardinals um, that could be an interesting one. And then after that, it kind of falls off. We got Joe Flacco at number four. So I guess he could have a reunion on the Jets uh, and go back to He's him. He's like as old as Brady too, though. Yeah. I, I have no faith That's in that. That's a happen. little too old. Uh, yeah. So the Jets, I think they're just kind of – they're kind of screwed a quarterback. There really uh, isn't I a just, solid I think it would be so fun to see, like, like, get rid of Mike White and put Kaepernick and Newton in your backup spots. That'd be cool. That'd be so dope. Doesn't even matter if one of them yeah. play. And then Zach Wilson loses one game. Then you just make him the third string and make Kaepernick and Newton. Because like, think about it this way: the NFL in 2012, that would be the most broken. Yeah, the two <laughs> best quarterbacks in the league. Though. Yeah, it would be so cool to see that. It's like, it's like looking at like Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce on the Nets. Yeah, that's true. You know, it's like yeah, they're not that good anymore, but Throw it's it still kind of cool. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like they're both still. Definitely athletic enough and definitely young enough that they can easily do a job. It is just come down to what they've done in the past. As I think Will can attest to, to Cam Newton, his shoulder is shot. He can't really throw the ball anymore, and we saw that in his time in New England. Mm. He's going to give you one really good game, Yeah, and that's all he's got. Mm. We uh, Whereas Colin Kaepernick hasn't been seen throwing a football in like five years, so you never know. I don't know. I just think you're better off with Zach Wilson. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. No, I think so too. I just think it would be starters. kind of funny for like a cult story to bring yeah. one of them. Back. Yeah, hundred percent comeback yeah. story. Tim Tebow. That would there be crazy. We, we figured it out at tight end though. 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Gronkowski could could be some help. <laughs> yeah, just bring in bring in their retirement home. Let's see just make happens. another team of guys that are like bridge retirement and just make them their own team. Julian Edelman played uh, quarterback. Emergency in quarterback. Yeah. Mm. Is there? Speaking of emergency quarterback, sorry to cut you off. Who was I seeing the other day? Oh, it was the Jets. If Buddy got injured, then it would be Randall Cobb. Oh, really? Because they didn't. They haven't taken up their. Well, I guess they have now, but they didn't take up their practice squad guy and dress their practice squad guy for their first game. So when Rodgers got injured, it was Wilson. If Wilson get injured or whatever, it would have had to been Randall Cobb. He was their designated third quarterback. Interesting. He quarterback in the university too. Get him out there. Who cares? We'll see what I, I honestly was kind of hoping for it, but. <laughs> um, is there anything else here? We tied? got. We have. There's a lot of points left. Um, uh, one thing I can say is that Jamal Adams was back to practice today. <laughs> Limited availability, but he was on the field, so that's very exciting. Um, Excited to see if De- Devin Witherspoon plays this week as well. That'll be interesting. Huge, two huge additions to that uh, Seattle defense. Then the other thing that I think deserves a shout-out is just how good that Browns defensive line looked. Yeah. Zadaria Smith, Miles Garrett, uh, Siaki Ika. Who's the other guy? They got, they got another D-tackle. Um, but yeah, all four of them look. One other defensive performance we should note is back to the Jets with that Whitehead guy. Yeah. White yes. Whitehead. He three made picks. $250,000 bonus. That was for a seasonal bonus. He was <laughs> only supposed to get three interceptions the whole season for his bonus. He got it in the first week. That's crazy. Good for that guy. Yeah. Um, all three of his picks were quite nice too. I will, I will give it to him. So yes. that's another good defensive defensive game you know who else i thought was good and maybe it's because he's a former steelers player i just noticed him more was robert spillane for the uh raiders Mm -hmm. he was all over the field that Mm -hmm. game and i kind of forgot that we traded him to there but he was like all over the place like i think he had 20 tackles it was ridiculous um i don't they didn't win oh yeah they did yeah they did 17 16 yeah so uh, he looked quite good um the two the guy that i was thinking of I haven't found yet, but Shelby Harris went to the Browns. That was yep. one thing I forgot. Uh, yeah, Siaki Ika is the rookie they drafted this year who I really liked. Um, oh, yeah, Ogbo Okoronkwo, um, who I believe was on the oh, Texans. Cow- oh, okay. I, I was thinking Cowboys. Um, man, I'm no, that's going O-Kara-K nuts. Or whatever Dalvin Tomlinson, that was the other guy that I was thinking of. So, yeah, their, their defensive line is just absolutely absurd, and they showed it against the Bengals. Um, another thing I wanted to bring up with your Steelers over Browns uh, upset pick that I didn't get to talk about is I think in games like that where it is a defensive kind of stalemate, the team that has the better offensive line and the better running back probably is going to win, and obviously the Browns' offensive line looks fantastic, and they have Nick Chubb. So that's kind of the big deciding factor for me. Um, will either team be able to throw the ball very well? I don't know. Deshaun obviously didn't look great, but like we said, it was a rain game. So I just I have a lot more faith in the Browns to pull that game out than I do the Steelers. Um, I think that is kind of it for football, unless you guys can think of anything else. I can't think of nothing. I think we've exercised what's going on. Almost a full hour of NFL football to start the show. Yeah. Here we go, folks. So we've got. I think we'll move on to. Do we want to go MLB or NHL? I think we should go to the NHL and let you have your time to shine. Alrighty. So the last time we had this show, the Golden Knights were not Stanley Cup champions, but things have changed since then. Um, what a run it was! Is that was? It was 
the highlight of the summer, I think, for me, was, uh, yeah, the Golden Knights playoff run. Uh, They won the Stanley Cup. And I just want to say right now, that is probably that one or the Tampa Bay one versus Montreal, and I'm not just trying to pick on Taylor here. But those two are probably the two most dominant Stanley Cup finals I've ever watched. Um, they, the Golden Knights, absolutely rolled over um, Florida, and like that's just a fact. Like a nine-three win to clinch the Stanley Cup is insane. I think, um, and I mean, countless guys on that team I think proved themselves in that playoff run. Uh, there was a lot of concern around Mark Stone going into it, uh, having a second back surgery within the last year and ended up putting up a hat trick in that clinching game. Um, Jack Eichel led the playoffs in points and I was, I felt pretty good about that because I've been <laughs> praising him ever since he joined Vegas. So this is just the victory lap. Punk yeah. Punch, yeah. Pay, paid off. And then obviously I guess March is so as well. Winning the con Smythe um, was huge. And I'll also mention Aiden Hill uh, in that, what a story that was uh, after Brissois went down against Edmonton. Hill stepped in, played lights out for the last three rounds of the playoffs. And I ended up going to the parade as well. That was a heck of a time. And I think that's kind of a once-in-a-lifetime experience to not only see your team win a championship, but also get to go to the victory parade. Mm-hmm. A lot of fun. So now, now that Pom Pom Radio has been concluded... Um, maybe a continuation of Pom Pom Rio because it's still on the Knights, um, I guess, kind of uh, road here. But I want to bring up this summer, Bill Foley was talking to Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick, and they asked him if there was no salary cap, how much he would spend on the Golden Knights. And he said he would be willing to spend $135 million on his team. And I just want to say how happy I am that Bill Foley owns the Vegas Golden Knights. And it's I, not only, I think, an issue in the NHL, but also an issue in sports. You see it with the Oakland Athletics owners that don't really care to uh, to build their team properly and go out and win a championship. Instead, it's more so greed. Yes. So, I, and I mean, every owner, has, I guess, has the goal of making money as well. But ultimately, to have a guy that values winning very highly, like Bill Foley does, is great as well. If you have a good product to put out on the on the ice or wherever your playing field is, this is happens in every sport. You will make money hand over fist because people will want to come and watch your games. If you're spending money and having a good team out there, it's not like if you have a good team, you're losing money. That's just not how it works. You've seen it time and time again, especially in baseball. Now with the Oakland Athletics, which is probably the most egregious example of it. Um, but yeah, owners should have that mindset more where they're willing to spend however much it takes to try and put a good product out on the field for the fans. And yet it really doesn't happen that frequently. And I, I was going to bring up one specific owner in the NHL here, Francesco Aquilini, who owner of the Canucks, I've kind of been ragging on him for the last, uh, year or so, especially during the whole Bruce Boudreaux thing last year and some of the signings that the Canucks have made. I think he kind of is an example of an owner who gets in the way of his team from winning and instead values making money. Yes. And I w- another point on the Bill Foley $135 million thing is the upcoming NHL season, it will have a salary cap of $83.5 million, 
which is way lower than what Bill Foley said I, he'd I, be willing we to spend. We were talking about this at lunch. Will and I were talking about it before you came. Okay. Mass. And it's just astronomical that there's two NBA players that make more yearly on a team yeah. than the entire allocate. Like, yeah, hockey's less than NBA, but I, it just kind of blows my mind that it's that much less. Right. And the like cra- it's, not even, it's not even in the same ballpark mm-hmm. as any other sport, really. The crazy part as well is in the last... Sorry. Uh, <laughs> kind of a little bit of an technical difficulty there fault. a little bit oh okay um so i want to bring up as well the upcoming nhl season will have a salary cap of 83 and a half million i think i said that way yes. less than the 135 and five years ago the nhl salary cap sat at 79 and a half million so there's only been an increase of four million dollars in the salary cap and to me it just doesn't make sense and here's why so the nhl is going crazy with ads nowadays and whether whether they're minimal or not they supposedly bring in all this revenue because you can't keep ads off jerseys because of how much revenue it brings or we need to switch the digital board ad the digital boards ads thing mm-hmm. um kind of lost all my words there but it bugs fans even if it's minimal like the jersey patch it bugs me because to me, an NHL uniform is sacred. Or, um, you know, during a game, I don't... Like, the digital board ads don't really bother me as much, but it's like, if I had the option, pick digital boards or the regular on TV, I'd pick yeah. the regular every yes. time. So it's like, if you have all these sponsorships coming in, how is the salary cap... Staying the same. Or barely increasing. Barely increasing. Mm. And it's... And it's not like... Especially because also, same thing with, like, sorry to cut you off, like, expansion... Yeah, that exactly. Costs the league money. Yes, they made two teams in what six years, seven years. Yeah, two teams in seven years, and the Golden Knights paid. I believe it was it was five hundred million. Bill fully paid for them coming in, which got spread across the league to the other teams, and then six hundred fifty million. I think was the number that Seattle paid coming into the league. So that's even more revenue for the NHL. Like that's a billion dollars right there. Yeah, and and it's apparently COVID didn't do much to the NHL either because what Gary Bettman said last year was that the NHL has come back strong from COVID. So it just doesn't make sense to me how you have all these sponsorships that kind of bug the fans, but you're barely increasing the salary caps. Well, listen, the poor owners, (laughs) if they didn't get to put the ads on the jerseys, how are they going to buy the second yacht? It really is unfair to them. (laughs) I, it's happening in every sport, and yeah, you're right. It happens. It's obviously worse in hockey just because the increase in salary cap is so minimal. But for me, I don't really mind the jersey patches as much as long as you see that reflected in the quality of the team and less so that you know it's just more money going into the owner's pockets, which I think is just what it is for the most part. Um, if Listen, if the Blue Jays could cover their, if it was their Blue Jays jerseys were just one giant advertisement and that meant they had a billion dollars to sign Shohei Otani, <laughs> fine by me. You can do that all you want. But yeah, like I said, I feel like it's mostly just going directly into the owner's pockets and making it, you're right, an eyesore on jerseys. Yeah. I mean, at least the ones in the NHL and the NBA are very minimal. Yes. But even. They're not big advertisements. But I'm not saying it's not yeah. bene- benefiting the owners. At least it's not as much of an eyesore. Like if you look at like soccer. Yeah, it's the biggest thing on the jersey. And yeah. they have the crest, 
I think the worst one is the European and hockey. hockey European yes. hockey, or there's some like leagues the, in European soccer too where it's just cluttered. Yeah. So, and yeah, of course it's not good, but at least it's minimal. Mm-hmm. Like it's just keeping to one. And I want to c- two. to quickly bring up a point. I think I've brought on this show, but if you're gonna have a jersey patch. At least color coded. Yeah, pick a so brand that matches. That, that's the one good thing about the Knights having a jersey patch is they color code it to every jersey that they wear. Mm. Whereas, like, I believe, I know Minnesota's got an egregious one. Um, Montreal Canadiens. Montreal. Blue was the wrong color. RBC ad. It just it just doesn't, and especially a Habs jersey with the ho- storied history behind that. Mm. You shouldn't be putting something like that on it, but. Or at least, like you said, just match the color. Like, yeah, obviously, exactly. it's got to be that blue for the RBC. Well, don't pick that brand or yeah. change the color. Like, I think <laughs> we'll get into our Pacific Division standings here. My predictions. So, gonna I hit record. So, th- this will end up on the TikTok, by the way. Oh, yeah. We so, forgot to plug our social media. Oh, yeah. Show. I would love to plug the social media. <laughs> We're Go taking a little quick social media plug intermission. Or well, we're we about we're a little more than halfway through, so I think it's probably about time. Yeah. So for anybody watching, we're on Instagram and we're on TikTok. Follow us. What are Instagram. the What are the ats of those platforms? The What's Instagram the is at the Armchair Athletes, exactly how it's spelled. And on TikTok, it's at the Armchair Athlete with no e at the end. <laughs> If is I'm it? correct. Yeah. It's oh. it got I think it might act like the official username is actually the armchair athletes, but it displays as the armchair athlete. So Yeah, it is the full thing. It just doesn't fit on the on the Yes. And okay. we have on the thing. And we have a Twitter account as yeah. well, Chair An athletes. X account. Oh yeah, sorry, it's X now. Come sorry. on. Well, it's still a tweet, so <laughs> actually it's a post. Is it God. still actually? Yeah. I think it's I think they call it a post. It's just it's stupid. And that's chair athletes? Yeah. Yeah. That one's same a thing. It was like got cut off because <laughs> of the too much character limit. Yeah. yeah. So So yeah. Check those out. Be uh, sure we'll be posting. We're gonna be trying to post a lot. We're, we're gonna more. put some bangers out. We I'll, had a behind the scenes on the TikTok. That'll blow up. Is that out there? <laughs> it's out. What better go like that right quick. On your for you page today. Oh my lord, Lifton, it's already at 700 views. No way. Is it Folks. actually? Yeah, it's already got more than our first post. Folks. Blowing up. If you're not, if you're, listen, if you're not joining the TikTok bandwagon right now, you're Wow, behind. we already have 40 <laughs> likes, guys. <laughs> well, Hop on the train now before your before friends call you Before bandwagon. it's too late. So I think I'll do my Pacific standings then. Um, so for the Pacific Division this year, Number one, I have the Edmonton Oilers. And keep in mind, this is regular season. I don't have the Oilers winning the Stanley Cup this year. In fact, I have them losing to the team I have at number two. Ultimately, I have them falling to Vegas in the playoffs, so I have at number two here. Number three, I have the Seattle Kraken. Uh, Four, I have the LA Kings, and I have them taking the first wildcard spot. I would have the Kings higher, but ultimately, I don't really like who they have in goal, I don't think that it makes the team stronger and on the level of Vegas and Edmonton heading into the season. At fifth in the Pacific, I have Calgary in the wildcard two spot. Sixth, I have Vancouver. And then really seven and eight, you can interchange, and I don't think it'd make much of a difference. I have seven, Anaheim, eight, San Jose. So basically, I guess if we want to dive into each team, I brought it up there when I went over the order that I think Edmonton's going to be a very good regular season team. Connor McDavid's going to win every award again this year. 
In fact, I think it, the question is, and maybe this is my bold prediction, I have Connor McDavid even breaking the amount of points they had last year. Last year he had 156. I can see him getting over 160 this year. And I think he's just going to continue to raise that bar. I believe I was watching Overdrive this year, and they brought up, um, it was Gordon Miller, um, who play-by-play guy for TSN, does the World Juniors, said he can see McDavid hitting 180 points at some point in his career, which at that point you're getting into, like, Gretzky numbers, which I think would be absurd. But I, I can I could see it happening, especially with the guys he has around him, Dreisaitl, I think Evan Bouchard's turning into a very good player on that blue line. I could easily see him hitting 70 points um, this year, especially with that power play. Um, so, yeah. But, like I said, I don't think Edmonton's built to win in the playoffs. And I say this because I don't... Overall, their defense, I don't care for. You say this because Connor McDavid stinks. No. <laughs> I Maybe I should provide a disclaimer because people think I'm, like, questioning McDavid and Dreisaitl. It's not those two. And if you want to... If you want a better example of this, Vegas beat them in game one of the playoffs when Drysaddle had four goals. So ultimately, I don't tr- I don't like Edmonton's depth. I do like that they added Connor Brown, but I still don't think it's enough. And their defense, I don't think, is just built to win a Stanley Cup. Uh, I believe I brought up Vegas here. They're, in my opinion, they're still the best built team in this division. But the issue for Vegas in the regular season the past couple years has been health. Um, and it's extended beyond Mark Stone and Jack Eichel. Um, obviously, a couple years ago, they had 500 man games lost, which was absurd. And so continuing on from there, I, I could ultimately, I have Vegas falling in the conference finals this year. Uh, you guys will find out who I have them falling to um, within the next couple of weeks. I haven't decided on the exact schedule of how we're going to do the division this is a social media post was waiting to happen yeah <laughs> so you know what maybe we'll do the we'll we'll finish off the western conference do the central division next week and then on the last episode before the nhl season starts i'll give my stanley cup prediction there so, we go so yeah That's a good play but ultimately i don't see any team from the pacific division reaching the stanley cup finals and the reason I don't see Vegas is because it's so tough to repeat, and I think you've seen that in last year's playoffs where the Avalanche were looking like a heavy favorite to repeat, and they fell in round one to the Kraken. Speaking of the Kraken, I think they're a very solid team. I liked how Grubauer played for them last year, and I thought they looked pretty strong in the playoffs. They took Dallas to the limit in round two, ultimately lost by one goal in game seven. And... I wouldn't be surprised if they do go on a deep playoff run and reach the conference finals this year. Honestly, I think they're very well built. And I'll provide a hot take here. This will be this is probably my hottest take, I guess, involving the Pacific Division. I have Shane Wright winning the Calder. And that's a very outside chance, um, considering who I think a lot of people consider the favorites heading into it, Connor Bedard being the big one. Devin Levi's also got some attention. I think he finishes as a finalist simply because I think Buffalo's going to be a good team this year, and I think Levi, I I liked what I seen from him at the end of last year. I could see him carrying them in net and he'll start most of their games. L.A., I brought it up. If their goaltending wasn't bad, I'd have them as high as Edmonton and Vegas. But ultimately, they've got Copley and Talbot in goal. Copley's numbers last year... 
weren't good, even though he won a lot of games. His save percentage wasn't that high. I believe he had a 903, which is kind of around to below average. And then I didn't... Yeah, his uh, advanced numbers weren't that great as well. Cam Talbot didn't have a great year in Ottawa either. So ultimately, if... And I don't think... Like, LA's got a decent blue line, but I don't think it's got one, say, like Vegas, where if you have a weaker goalie in net, um, where the blue line and the guys in front of him can carry his play um, and make the goalie look good. So, Calgary, I hate to say it, but they're mid. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> hey, listen, if they gave us an interview last year, it'd be a much better team. That's all I'm saying. I just want to say right now... Um, I think Calgary's a bit mid. I think they're mid. And I think it's not looking good this year with how, how many rumors were coming out of Calgary during the summer. Guys wanting to leave. And so significant names too. Noah Hannafin, uh, Elias Lindholm, Michael Backlund, um, who are some of their best players. And I do like their blue line, though, still in Calgary. I think their top four is very you good. You know who got signed for Calgary, though? Good old Dryden Hunt. Friend of the show. Friend, friend of the, of the show. show. <laughs> Look, either, even Siri knows he's a friend of the show. <laughs> thought I would uh, thought I'd put that out there because he's supposed to make a roster spot. So might be the carrying factor. Yeah, Dryden Hunt, thirty goal season incoming. Might actually we're gonna, be. We're gonna be we're gonna be promoting him on this show. So. Absolutely. But uh, I didn't care for the Toffoli trade either. I think they could have got a bigger return. They got fleeced on the Toffoli trade. I don't think I don't think it's absolutely horrendous. But they could have gotten way more. Oh, they should have gotten way more. They got. He, they just gave him away to a team that's gonna make a push this year. And they got a decent player back back in Sharon Govich, who I think is capable of a twenty goal season. But I just think Toffoli's the better player. Yeah, I think Toffoli's. Yeah. I think he would have been better off hanging on to him, wait till the trade deadline, see how things go, and then get rid of him. Then when you can maybe I think get more for him when teams are more desperate to add a guy, right? So. Um. And then I've got Vancouver here. They're kind of just stuck in no man's land. And there isn't m- much of a direction. It's like, it's almost as if Vancouver's trying to win now. But I just don't think that they have the pieces that are good enough to even put them in the playoffs. I think they'd be better off to rebuild. But the issue is, I think this year is going to be pivotal for Vancouver. And the reason I say that is Elias Pedersen has one year left on his deal. And I believe he is an RFA at the end of the contract, so Vancouver retains his rights. But he might pull, say, a Matthew Kachuk and ask to go somewhere else if Vancouver doesn't have success this year. And I think what kind of added more fuel to those rumors was earlier this week when the Canucks named Quinn Hughes captain. Now, I don't hate that move. I think it's great. Um, I think actually the two guys that you would have picked for captain would have been Patterson or Hughes. But I just think it's very telling that they went the Hughes direction instead and that Patterson's future in Vancouver is still kind of a little bit up in the air. So I think if Vancouver can contend for a playoff spot this year, Pedersen will re-sign. But ultimately, if they say if they're a complete dumpster fire this year, would not shock me at all if Pedersen requests a trade out of Vancouver, which I wouldn't like to see. I like seeing the Canucks do well. So, yeah. And then, yeah, moving on, San Jose and Anaheim. They ain't going to be good this year. I think the difference between those two teams is Anaheim has a lot of younger players that I think you can look at and go, 
like, yeah, the team sucks, but hey, Mason McTavish is having a great year. He looks like he's going to have a great future. San Jose doesn't really have many of those players. They've still got a couple of their older guys in Hurdle and Couture. And then kind of mixed around with a few misfits. They added Anthony Duclair in the offseason here, which is an interesting move. I thought he played all right in Florida. So, yeah, I kind of am looking forward to see how that goes with Declair in San Jose. Maybe they end up trading him at the deadline. Who knows there. So, uh, One last point here for the NHL segment. With Connor Bedard going to Chicago, um, there's been a lot come out about Bedard and his personal life in regards to that the guy has never had fast food before and like rarely at all eats sugar. He's never had fast food before. That's what his mom says. There <laughs> is no chance. That's the that guy's never sunk his teeth into a nice Big Mac. He d- and he, he does d- that. If he rarely, or I don't. Th- I think they said like. I mean, he, I can understand. He it, hasn't I had. I, I think they said as well. He hasn't had any junk food, which I find that hard to believe. Like even if he goes to a friend's house and it's like, oh, here what have a like a mini s- Kit Kat or something. What that a man, sad life. That man touches a Big Mac. He's evaporating on the spot. So I want to say this right now. This is a plea to Phil Kessel. You have the opportunity to do the funniest thing ever. Change a man's Sign life. in Chicago. And uh, well, men- maybe it was smart for him to never eat junk food because he's supposed to be the second time. Yeah, he's... So. That's maybe, I think, maybe briefly touch on in this show. I think we could... I think Truman, our friend of the show, friend is going to be show. on a lot of episodes this upcoming season. So maybe we'll touch it. Um, on this subject, but and I think this would be good for if we bring up the Central Division next week. What are the expectations for Connor Bedard? And I don't just mean this season. I mean, like, does he kind of have to win? Does he have to win multiple Hart trophies and be a f- top fifteen player all time to justify the hype? I think he's got to be like his bottom's got to be like a thirty goal scorer. I think or twenty five goal scorer. He's got to be higher than that perennially, though. I'm talking about, like, his low. Like, that was a bust is, like, 20 goals, 50 points a season. Yeah. And I think his high is, like, McDavid. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know if he'll be as good as McDavid, though. Yeah. McDavid's a taller, stronger. They're different players. Bedard, there's a lot more about his shot. It's a very good shot. McDavid obviously has top speed of any player, so. For the first couple of years, Bedard might not do much with the team he has around. Yeah, and that's, I think, kind of where you got to have some expectation for him as well, is the team around him isn't very good. Mm-hmm. Also, you want to talk salary cap. Chicago is completely going over those hurdles because there is a cap floor as well. So Chicago's way around it. I think, okay, now I'm getting an echo in my headset. Anyways, I'll continue talking here are you guys yeah i hear that too that's weird anyways i'll continue on here take off the headphones for this part (laughs) just because it's distracting me so i'm gonna say this is about chicago and the cap floor i had to take a moment to uh, rethink what road we were on that's so chicago and the cap floor you need to have a certain amount of players reaching the salary cap on your team. So there's a certain number that you have to hit and pay players. 
And Chicago wants to tank this year, so they obviously don't want that good of a roster. So instead, they're paying Corey Perry $4 million this year <laughs> on their team, which adds more to the salary so they can hit the floor, but also tank because Corey Perry's not a $4 million player. I think the ultimate winner here is Corey Perry, though. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think he got traded or went to there? Yeah, so... Um, I think we can move on to MLB. If you guys want. MLB? Man, we have a lot to talk about. Um, to start off, last year, before the season started, I was talking about how the starting rotation for the Blue Jays would probably be one of the strengths for them, specifically because I had what they thought were two aces in Kevin Gosman and Alec Manoa. I had a lot of faith <laughs> in Alec Manoa going into the season because, to be fair, I had no reason not to. Uh, he was opening day starter, uh, and almost immediately, season blew up. It stunk. He was not good, um, and those kind of woes just continued to follow him throughout the season. He didn't improve. He got demoted uh, early August to the minors, um, came back. or No, sorry, that was earlier in the season he got demoted. Came back, played in the Florida Complex League, made a start against the Detroit Tigers, looked pretty good, and then got demoted again. Okay. Got demoted again. Um, yeah, so it was just... Things seem to have been sorted out with the audio here. Okay, that's good. Um, yeah, he was fantastic last year. Started this year, looked terrible. Continued to be terrible pretty much all year. And now has been demoted to the minor leagues again. And it's been rumored that he hasn't reported to the AAA team. He hasn't thrown since he got demoted. Um, now I think the latest thing is that um, he said that he wasn't ready to throw. That was He said he's not ready to compete. Um, but even with the loss of, I would, I mean, at start of season, I would have said at least their number two uh, pitcher in their rotation, their starting rotation has been phenomenal. Uh, Yusei Kikuchi um, and Jose Brios really picked up the slack. Like, uh, they're just, they've been fantastic. They were really, I think, what the quality of the rotation were hinging on is the uh, how good they would be. And to this point in the season, they've both been really, really great. Uh, Chris Bassett also has been fantastic. And the uh, return of Hyunjin Ryu has also been great. Obviously, Kevin Gosman is a Cy Young contender. I'd say he's up there in the top three. Garrett Cole is probably going to win, uh, which wouldn't surprise me. Um, and, yeah, the Blue Jays, it's just that offense has been terrible. They've been a pain to watch pretty much all year, and now with the sweep uh, that they just suffered at the hands of the Texas Rangers, I'd say their wild card hopes are getting slimmer and slimmer by the day. Uh, and to be honest, I don't even know if I want to see this team in the playoffs because I can tell you with the disappointment last year against Seattle, that was horrendous, and it would not be any better this year. I can almost guarantee it. Um, we saw them get blown up, um, lose 10-3, to so that was just a horrific effort against the Rangers. And I feel like that would be what it would look like in the postseason as well. Because I think with the wildcard slot, they were uh, set to go against the Tampa Bay Rays. And obviously the AL East is just like a loaded division. So pretty much whoever they faced off against in the wildcard is going to be really good. But yeah, the Rays are a fantastic team. And I just don't think the Jays could hold up against them. Uh, now sticking in the AL East, I kind of wish we had Truman here and maybe once he gets here we can <laughs> do a bit more of a deep dive but as bad as the Blue Jays have been the New York Yankees have been so much worse really outside of Aaron Judge who's been injured for a large part of the season 
and Garrett Cole, who looks, like I said, he looks like the Cy Young winner in the American League. Their team has been a bit of a dumpster fire. Uh, Aaron Boone has mismanaged some games. Um, and, yeah, I would, like I said, outside of Aaron Judge, their offense has just been pretty much inept. Um, their starting rotation isn't good. Their bullpen's been okay. Clay Holmes has been very good. Um, and I think if you're a Yankees fan, you can take solace in the fact that they've had some great showings from their uh, rookies. Uh, Anthony Volpe's gotten a lot of hate, I think, from Yankees fans just because his batting average is not ideal. However, he's been a plus defender at shortstop uh, who had a 2020 season. He as also changed his swing and he's been better. He has been a lot better. There's the it's a bit of a meme. There's a chicken parm incident where one of the Yankees teammates uh, took him out to eat chicken parm. And now since that, he's been hitting uh, much better compared to the start of the season. But yeah, like I said, he's a rookie hitting uh, hit 20 home runs, 20 stolen bases. He's looked very good defensively. So that's like a bright spot for them. Will, did you have something to say? Chicken parm incident is the greatest thing to ever happen. In a I sport. can't remember who the teammate was that took him out, but yeah, that was apparently that's the turning point of the season. From that day on, he's been yeah, that and technically actually changed the swing a little bit. But listen, we don't care about no, that. It's probably the chicken parm. But if you listen, a good chicken parm can change someone's life. That's what we're learning here. There's on the like show. there's like the scenario where a player has a baby and like instantly has a boom. Yes, Fred it's Van like Vliet, the same yeah. thing. It's just chicken parm. Just chicken parm. Um, and yeah, so that was the one. And then obviously the most recent call up for them is, uh, Yasin Martinez, who's their number one prospect, the Martian. He came up and instantaneously looked really, really good against the Astros, hit a home run. Uh, and yeah, again, he's just looked fantastic. So Yankees fans. Yes. It's been a bit of a dumpster fire. I know I'm not the biggest Yankee supporter here, but you got a future to look forward to. So that's good. Um, the, I'd say the most exciting team to watch so far in uh, baseball, and it really isn't much of a debate, has been the Atlanta Braves. Um, They're just phenomenal all around. Uh, Matt Olson, first player to 50 home runs. Um, And then obviously Ronald Acuna Jr. has been an MVP candidate for the large part of the season, and I wouldn't be surprised if he won it. He was on 30-60 watch, the first player ever, and he hit that a while ago. Now he's on 40-70 watch. Uh, 40 home runs, 70 stolen bases. So 70 stolen bases? 70 stolen bags. Whoa. Albeit with the rule changes, bigger bags, less pickoff attempts. However, I don't care. That's still nuts. It's it's still nuts. It's still cool. If you're some uh, old head out there that's like, eh, it doesn't count because the rule change is dumb, I don't care. He's doing cool things. You should be happy for him. Um, the uh, the I mentioned him being an MVP candidate, and you'd think – on 40-70 watch, he's also hitting, I think, 330 or something, and this halved his strikeout percentage. You'd think he'd be the runaway favorite to be MVP, but Mookie Betts has had just a phenomenal year as well, playing plus defense at uh, second base and in the outfield. Uh, and again, just a fantastic player. Pretty much the two two biggest, it's, I mean, it's the top five is an MVP voting right now, I think is uh, Mookie and Freddie Freeman and Ronald and Matt Olson. So it's just Braves and Dodgers are, again, powerhouses. Um, one thing I want to talk about is the Scherzer trade. And obviously I said that it looked terrible for the Rangers. This was written last week and then came out and pitched well against the Jays. So it's kind of whatever. Um, uh, I understand the trade for the Rangers. I think it makes a lot of sense, especially with Jacob deGrom going out. They needed another starter in that rotation. And as long as if Max Scherzer can kind of hold his own, um, hopefully he pans out for them. 
I'd say the biggest story has always been uh, around Shohei Otani. And at first it was up to the Shea deadline. Is he going to get dealt? What kind of deal will you get for him, Clayton? I'll, I'll talk about it a bit after you bring okay. it up. So. Yeah, I just uh, – the big deal of the trade deadline was are the Angels going to, you know, trade, blow up the team, get Otani, see what kind of stupid haul you can get for him. Obviously they didn't do that. They kept him. And then he uh, tore his UCL and is now no longer able to pitch this season. So for the Angels, the fans at least, they are might be one of the most – cursed organizations in all of like American sports they've had two of the greatest talents I think we've ever seen definitely in this generation uh, in Mike Trout and uh, Shohei Otani and have absolutely nothing to show for it Um, just organizational incompetence and the fans I really feel bad for them and then uh, with the (laughs) so now (laughs) The latest thing to happen with Shohei is that there's kind of been seems like a bit of a fracturing in their relationship between Shohei Otani's camp and the Angels as an organization, saying that Shohei refused to stop pitching, uh, even though he had UCL or he wouldn't get an MRI to check if he had UCL damage and continue to pitch anyways. And maybe I don't understand the how the injury process works in the MLB, but I feel like if the Angels really wanted him to get an MRI, they could make him get an MRI. Um, but yeah, just. Really, really horrible for both the Angels and Shohei, especially for Shohei now because he is coming up in free agency. Um, and if he can't pitch, it's going to severely hurt his value, although I still think he'll get the biggest contract in Major League history. So my next point here is uh, where will Shohei go? And you've seen lots of options. Do you want to chime the part in here? Where I jump in. Do you want to? You can go ahead. If Shohei Otani goes to the Toronto Blue Jays, he's the highest selling jersey in Toronto sports history. Wouldn't even be close. Toronto sports history, probably Canada sports history. Yeah, that uh, mm, you could definitely maybe make, Wayne Gretzky. I would argue Shohei just I simply because of Japan. worldwide. Yes, and also I, social media has a huge impact on. Mm-hmm. So, my father and brother went down to. I, I've told you guys this by now, but they went on a trip down to. Um, LA went to Dodgers, went to Angels, and then ended up going to a Diamondbacks game in Phoenix. And they were they said it um, at the Angels game in Al- in Anaheim that the marketing that comes with Sho- having Shohei Otani on your team is huge. There are so there's tours of the stadium. They offer them in Japanese. There's ads in the stadium that are specifically targeted towards Japanese. And like the ads themselves are uh, written in that language. Yes. Um, so the marketing that comes with having Shohei Otani on your team is huge. And like if I'm an owner, unless I'm an Oakland A's owner because I don't have the money, <laughs> they're, they're catching strays, but they deserve it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Terrell's nodding his head here. They uh, So in, if you're an owner who has the money, I'm throwing everything I have at Shohei Otani because even if you're not good, you have him, and there's so much that comes with having him on your team. You're yeah, you're immediately getting fans in seats just to watch Shohei yeah, play, it's which even, is not even the player at that. Point. Which is kind of what was happening with the Angels, anyways, because their team yeah. hasn't been good for a long time. You get a lot, lot of Japanese tourism. Yes, so you're absolutely right. Uh, as much as an investment it would be, and I'm saying it's. I think we're getting close to probably billion in terms of overall value of this contract. Definitely at least over 500 million, however long it is. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I think if it he is. can pitch, it's going to be 
Close. Yes. And I think if you can't pitch, I'm thinking like 700 million. And Which, is, such, that's such an absurd thing to say. Oh, he's only going to get 700 oh, million. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. exactly. But it's stupid. The fun, it's, it's reality, though. Yes. The funny story that they had was there was a guy in front of him whose kid was like, about to go up to the washroom and was going up the steps and then Shohei came up to the plate and the dad like immediately ran after the kid brought him back to the seat <laughs> and Shohei ended up actually hitting a grand slam that was the game where you would know this where the Angels hit a grand slam and got a triple play yes, and still, still lost. lost that was the game that they went to the, so. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the <laughs> Tungsten Arm O'Doyle memes where it's like every time Shohei does something that's never been done before in like sports history the Angels will lose anyways. It'll be like Shohei pitched nine innings in a shutout and hit three home runs, and it hasn't been done since. Tunts Armour Doyle in 1904, and the Angels lost eight to six because that's just how it works. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's like a once-in-a-generation type of talent we're seeing in Shohei right now, and whatever team gets him, yes, is going to make an absurd amount of money. So I think it's a worthwhile investment regardless of how much he does demand. Um, and, again, exciting for a team. You should be – Coughing up however much money you can find. Digging in back. couch cushions, I don't care. You're, You're going to make it back. It. Yes, without a doubt. Um, <laughs> I have a point here. I don't really know if I want to get into it because it would be a bit, of a bit of a bummer for the end of the MLB segment. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, Wander Franco. Oh, no. Yeah, that's all <laughs> I'll say about that. If you know about the situation, you know about it. And if you don't, then you can Google it and look it up. But I don't want to really talk about it on the show because it's a bit of a – of a touchy subject i'd say hmm. um i will uh, though <laughs> maybe i will say this though having those uh that situation come out on the night where fans under 14 got a hat for free Ooh. was like perfect maybe the most <laughs> terrible thing to happen um it was just such unfortunate timing and i mean hey the rays have picked it up they're still a great team but yeah it was just really unfortunate to see uh, such a poor decision be made by Wander Franco. Um, now I think we can get into basketball quickly. We have a few minutes left of the show if we want to get into there, it. There isn't too much to talk oh, about. Oh, we also there. need to talk Ryder Cup. Shout out to... Uh, oh, oh I think we're doing that next week as a preview. Oh, are we? Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, we're well, going to talk about that later folks, on. Folks, if you want to tune into the Ryder we'll, Cup, we'll, you got to be here next week. We'll give, we'll I know we don't talk about golf, but... One of my buddies has been kind of nagging us about talking about golf. And now that Will talks, it's a big event, too. It's a big event. It's one of those things, like, even if you're not a golf fan, it's the most hyped golf event. Do we um, want to give him a shout-out? Shout-out to Lennon Harrison uh, in uh, Lennoxville, Quebec at Ooh. Bishop's University. Loyal um, armchair athlete supporter. Yeah, another one you. from a one of the boys one. that wanted a, a Ryder Cup preview. Lando, just... Uh, Make sure you're watching the social media, buddy, and uh, good luck with your season. Um, he plays golf there, so okay. that's another reason why. Um, but, yeah, so we're going to try with social media to do other stuff. We always do, like, the major sports leagues, and just it would be kind of fun to just do, like, not not like we're going to – it's not going to necessarily be a segment on the show. It's just, like, you know, we might – talk about it like think of mru hockey obviously we yeah. talk about hockey but like talking about women's hockey we yeah. don't and and i want to bring up as well the tiktok kind of as well gives us a platform to bring on bonus content we yeah. kind of planned out a little bit of what we might be doing mm -hmm. on there we we kind of just have the spot now that we have an extra person that helps us out with that kind of thing so it'll be a little bit more because before we were kind of just like, you know, post once a week, 10 minutes before the show. Yeah. Whereas I think now it'll be nice to keep it 
kind of linked if anything happens. You'll see more of us now. There, yeah. You're not seeing us once a week. Yeah, whether you like that or not. Yeah, too bad if you don't like yeah. it. You're doing it anyways. I'm cooking up a banger graphic for the show next. Oh, here my we God. go. Oh. Let's go. Yeah, if you haven't, if you haven't, get on the Instagram. Look up the graphics that Will has made. Um, they're, I'd say they're fantastic. The to- TikTok's looking good so far yeah. too. How many views are we looking at now? I'm gonna check right now. I think we're sitting at right around a billion. To be honest with you, <laughs> I, I think it's hey, where we're at. Uh, the, the, oh, the Elon TikTok- Musk just texted me. Oh wow! The TikTok Mount Rushmore now consists of the Demilio's Addison Ray and the armchair athletes. We are Listen, at currently seven hundred and fifty. Seven hundred and fifty billion views is what yes, I just heard. Seven hundred and fifty billion. Um, yeah, so if we want to get into NBA quickly, or I guess not really NBA, but just basketball in general, we can. Uh, I was just going to talk about FIBA World Cup because yes. most of the NBA stuff was... It's just contracts and trades. Not as super exciting. Um, I want to give a shout out to Canada. They made the Olympics, if yes. none of you guys noticed. They made the Olympics. Bronze medal. Um, beat the U.S. Beat those bums. World champions. Yeah, which is pretty good um, without... Jamal Murray and, and Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins. Obviously, you can make a case for the U.S. that they well, didn't have their best hey, team, but that's not our fault. If you don't want to lose, get your best players out there. That's all I'm exactly. saying. We're playing the um, team that's in front of us. I must say, though, Shea Gildas-Alexander looked absolutely unreal in that tournament. He was the best player, I think. Uh, in the tournament, yeah. Yes. yes obviously, they're going to pick the team that won, which is uh, props to Germany because yeah. I think I know three players on Germany. So Dennis Schroeder, new Raptor. New Raptor, that's huge. He he won the he won the tournament MVP, MVP, which is which is good for him. The um, Wagner brothers. Yep. Wagner brothers are quite good. Um, and then like Daniel Tice, role playing oh, yeah. guy. Um, but it was actually an interesting tournament. I watched a lot of highlights because the games are so early in the morning. Yes. Um, but Canada did look really good. Um, if uh, the Philippines surprised me, because uh, Jordan Clarkson, um, yes. he had a really good tournament and. Um, I was a surprise also with s- not Serbia, the other one, Slovenia, Slovenia, uh, the non Luka Doncic. Okay, yeah. So Serbia, Serbia is yeah. non Luka. Serbia, yeah, yeah. Serbia was where Jokic would be playing if he was on the roster. Yeah, right. And that's Bo Bogdanovic. Yeah, that team. Okay, yeah. it's so annoying because they're both S and that region. It's really confuses me. They were quite good. They obviously made the final and lost. Um. Yeah, I'm kind of excited to see what's going to happen for the Olympics because there's all that stuff coming out that all the guys are going to be suiting up <laughs> the for that. Super team, USA. which well, honestly will make it super exciting. Oh, Canada has like, to do. Like that. we need Jamal Murray and Andrew. Mm-hmm. Wiggins. We have to because if they are bringing out the super team, the only chance we have is bringing out our best. No. And I honestly think Canada, barring a couple of the European teams that could maybe make a shout, I think Canada is the second best. Well, even we had guys like. Benedict Matherin didn't yes. play. Yeah, there's a lot of younger guys younger that are guys, just working yeah. off, working out kind of solo before the NBA season mm-hmm. that I think would obviously play for a gold medal. Mm-hmm. FIBA World Cup, it's like, yeah, it's kind of cool to represent your country, but it isn't the pinnacle of international basketball. Um, so I think if they allow that to happen and it does happen, that will be – I will definitely be tuning in for sure. Okay. Um, uh, I'm going to get into my hater talk a little bit here. You let Dylan Brooks drop 39 <laughs> points on you. What is wrong with your team? That oh, is abhorrent. I, I will say he did look quite good. He looked very good. However, I'm hating. Yeah. I don't no, care how fair. good he looked. That's it's fair. Dylan Brooks. Well, especially like on the USA yes. after everybody in the league did nothing but bash him and yes. his game the entire season. 
yeah, revenge game yeah, from Dylan seriously. Brooks. Hey, man, he's like a Brad Marchand for hockey. I was going to say, he's annoying yeah, except, when he's not on your team. Except I don't think Brad Marchand skipped out of uh, playoff media availability. When no, but he's just a, <laughs> he's Marchand a rat. loves talking. He's a so. rat. Yeah, I know. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, know what you, I know what you mean. I just Like, you like when he's in. on your team because you yeah. exactly. provide that kind of spark. And you hate him when he's anywhere else. Yeah, you hate him when he's I anywhere else. Honestly, he's playing for Houston Rockets now. He's never going to be on TV again, so I'm probably going to forget who he even is. Until I mean, time. hey, listen, Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks are taking the Rockets to the promised land, baby. I honestly can't. It's going to feel really weird to the watch lottery? Raptors next year. Yeah, the, the promised, promised land is in the number one overall draft pick. I, I just find it, it's going to be really weird to watch a Raptors game next season and be like, ah, no Fred, no Kyle Lowry. Yeah. It's going to feel really weird. We definitely are in need of a new identity. Uh, yeah, uh, we're in a very nine, big. Whether that's still, the we're in a very big like limboy, flippy, floppy. Like we can kind of save it if we want to, or we can really well, blow it up and start I can, over again. I can tell you what's going to happen, Marquise Noel. We're going to be he's good gonna backup. Be, I'm thinking, who's been quoted as saying he's going to win MVP and Finals MVP. He's going to do it. He says, "I like it." So therefore, hey, I like it. Finals MVP means we won the championship. That's what I'm saying. So, so whatever you can do, what he wants. But, he's he's um, dropping fifty. He's I dropping think 50 I again. think Grady was an unreal draft pick. Hundred percent. He I'm was so why I he was who us. I wanted them to pick with the way they they lined up. So I think two years in a uh, last year was Scotty. No, no, Scotty was a year before. It was two, a gap year. Because I don't know who we took. We were good. Year. We were good enough that we didn't get a high draft pick, and then right. Anyways, the last two of three draft picks that we've had were very ended up being very good choices, I think. And we struggle with three point shooting, and I think Grady is that's his thing, his bread and butter. So I think hopefully that helps us out. Hopefully Gary can be a little bit more consistent mm-hmm. this year. Gary I think Gary has to pull up his socks this year. Yeah, hundred percent. Like this is his chance. They've paid him the money that he needs. Was it 20 I th- mil? I think so. For a year, yeah. Like yeah. a lot of money for that's, for that guy. That's money that you make threes with. So I hope that he does a good job. I think there's some other stuff we could improve on. I think we do need a point guard, point guard. As much as Dennis Schroeder is okay, I think he's more of a role point guard or like a coming in the late game and kind of just disrupt things kind of point Are guard. Are you I don't comfortable know. with Scotty running the point? Uh, I like him in the post because he's a really good post post guy, like post moves and stuff like that. He's one of the better power forwards in the league. I find explosive post moves. I mean, why not try it? I'm, At this point, we have nothing to lose. Yeah, but. I think the Raptors, with the way that they have built their roster, they're heading to the point where they're really positionless. So as long as you have guys out there that can The NBA is kind of going like that, yes. right? As so. long as you have guys that are out there and can distribute – it doesn't really matter so much, but I do agree that a good, like, facilitating point guard would really help that team. Like, as much as there's a lot of people that clown on Chris Paul, I would have liked to get a Chris Paul. Yeah, just like yeah. a floor general. Yes. Well, Someone think, that's fully unselfish, that's just trying to make his team better. I think we're fine with, like, distributors. We just need guys to distribute to. Two, yeah. Like, we need those shooters. We need a, we need a, we need a stud. Yeah. Great. I mean, Pascal Siakam is, like, He's an all star, of course, but I think like a stud stud. Like, yeah. he's like yeah. a high tier superstar, yeah. or we just get rid of everything and start over kind of thing. I think I th- we got a couple more years of trying this out. Obviously, they did it without a superstar. Well, Kawhi Leonard, I guess. <laughs> I would <laughs> Back then, classify Kawhi. Star. Yeah, but I, I don't think he is anymore. Well, yeah, I think he still is. He just, can't, he play. just can't play. He just can't play. Which, and even when he did play last year, I didn't find him as awe. 
jaw dropping as on when we were in that uh, when we were playoff in that run. playoff run. But also, like, is anyone going to compare to Kawhi in the Raptors playoff run? If you're a Raptors fan, no, probably not. No. So, I mean, only thing I could see was a Kevin Durant move or one of those guys. I just I there think was rumors about that. I yeah, I think. I think it's good because we would have given now. we would have given up too much. Yeah, yeah. Scotty was, I think, one of the names that was really rumored in that. Was, oh, they it. were demanding. I think it was Scott, either Scotty or like Pascal. OG and Pascal. Yeah, it was yeah. OG and Pascal, and, and Gary Trent was floating around yeah. with Scotty. So, so we're getting rid of two of your f- top five: Kevin Durant and the Raptors nine hundred five. <laughs> yeah, it was just I think the Raptors wanted to be in a spot where they could make that Kawhi Leonard trade again where their roster is very good. They do kind of just need that number one guy. Mm-hmm. And I think they're still there. Obviously, last season was a bit of a disappointment. But, um, yeah, I think they're really one big piece away. And how they make that trade, I don't know. And obviously, if you have to trade a guy like Scotty or Pascal, it's a big loss to the team. But mm-hmm. it was DeRozan, and it ended up working. So, But I just don't think there's going to be a guy like Kawhi that's out there on that type of deal again. It's going to be a long time for that to happen. So it's tough. Um, I don't know. Should we bring up so the Spotify thing as well? I've had a couple of people asking questions okay. about that. Okay. Spotify, I think what we decided on is we're going to get it first up onto cmru.ca to play as a podcast. And then um, if we can, we'll distribute it out onto other platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening. And we're going to um, try and get that going here. Um, yeah. Soon after the show, have to talk to our station manager and make sure that we're ready to go. I think, but yeah, yeah. So if you if you miss if you miss a show Thursday at uh, four p.m. and you want to tune in, hopefully we'll have podcast Mm. episodes up for you. I'm I'm Mm. hoping we can get all the seasons up. I don't have OG episodes. I I think it it's so we won't. I just want to spoil it here. Sorry to downplay this. We won't be able to get every episode up, but there's a lot that we've recorded. A big backlog, yeah. A lot that we've recorded in the past, so mm-hmm. we're going to hopefully get in the archives up. <laughs> if you want to go back and make fun of us for a stupid take we said a year ago, now is your I chance. I totally did not say the New York Rangers were going to win the Stanley Cup. And nope. I definitely didn't pick the Giants as the upset last week. <laughs> <laughs> and. If, and if you want to go back and hear about how smart I am, you can listen to when I was talking about my mock draft and a lot of guys I was talking about so far panned out pretty good in the NFL. So, yeah, it's true. You were an Anthony Richardson truther. I'm a big Anthony Richardson truther and a DTR truther, Don, uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson out in Cleveland. But that's, you know, we're at the end of our show. I don't want to get into it. Uh, we've been here for an hour and a half. I think probably about ready to wrap it up, eh? Yeah, I think we're good. Uh, everybody at home. Thanks for tuning in to Season 3, the inaugural episode of the Armchair Athletes. We appreciate it. Uh, Yeah. Thanks for listening.